Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today it's time for another assumption. Assumption. And today we're assuming the phenomenon, the streaming phenomenon. Yes. That is Tim Burton's-ish, kind of? I think so. Wednesday. Third best day of the week. (laughs) No, wait, no. Netflix's new streaming show. (laughs) But you're right, it doesn't really, like, Tim Burton properties usually have his name sort of plastered in there somewhere, and I don't think that's much of the case for this one. No, he's the the executive producer, and he directed the first four of the eight episodes, and that's about it, I guess. He didn't write any of it, or, but... It was created by Alfred Goh and Miles Miller, are the showrunners. Okay. And, uh, they come from, like, Smallville and CW-type working environments. Oh, Wow. So. And it shows, <laughs> but, but yeah, those are the that's the the creators behind it. But this thing is a phenomenon. This is Netflix. Had, like Netflix is like people are like Netflix is in danger. You know, all they got is Stranger Things. Yep. And then this comes out, and it was the second most watched English language Netflix series after Stranger Things. Okay. And just in general, it was beating i guess they can tell now what streaming versus streaming stuff i don't know how they do it i don't know if there's a uh, a nielsen rating but i was reading about how it was like destroying the uh house of dragons oh yeah yeah and i, I don't know how what metric you're using to do that because people watch it when they watch it because it used to be when, true. You, when you'd hear that like something was on TV was destroying something out is because they were on at the same time. Same time slot. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Competing networks. Exactly. Yep. So I don't know in the streaming world how that. There must be is. something like a Nielsen because that's what it does. That's the company that does the surveys and right. sensors for the TV. Mm, yeah. I do know that most of the companies are on the same servers, the AWS servers. Mm. So I don't know if that plays into it. It's just somebody doing the data monitoring and that on like, that. Like but how much hours were watched, perhaps? I know they do crazy stuff like, you know, if you turn it off like 10% in, it registers a certain way. And if you turn yeah. it off 75% of the way in, it registers a different way. But yeah. this is crushing it for good reason. Yeah, let's see. It debuted as number one on Netflix in 83 countries. <laughs> And it holds the record of most hours viewed in a week. Okay. For an English language Netflix series with a total of 341.2 million hours watched in the first week of its release. I got you. Amounting to more than 50 million households, passing prior record holder Stranger Things Season 4, 335 million hours. <laughs> oh, Nielsen Media Research. Oh, there it is. Reported a combined watch time of 6 billion minutes so within it, the first week of release. Okay. Good to see that Nielsen's still in that game, though. They leveled up and went digital. Making the second biggest streaming week ever recorded by the firm. Mm, interesting. But one of the things you said in there is the reason Netflix walked back its whole, like, no password sharing. The reason they keep it in is because they, what did it say, 50 million households? Yeah. That's probably like 20 million memberships, though. <laughs> <laughs> but they counted the IPs, and it was 50 million. Yeah. 
but only 20 million accounts now. I'm just teasing. That's my tinfoil hat. It reached an estimated 150 million households. Oh, there you go. Totaling 1.02 billion viewing hours. So it wasn't just us two that were watching it. Yes. The series' popularity is unprecedented, according to Jacob Stolworthy of The Independent. Good old Jacob. I know him well. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a talk about it. It's a huge pop culture phenomenon. It does tip its toe into the geekosphere. Mm-hmm. And we are unabashed lovers of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Which this show is owes a lot to, maybe? Exists on the same playlist. Yes, for sure. Next they, Door Neighbors. Then they're, they're two bands that are one's open, open for the other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're on the same festival circuit, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And for those of you who don't know, you can go back and listen to us talking about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which came out of the... Uh, it wasn't on CW, but the, the people did Riverdale, also did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. And uh, the whole Archie universe kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and Riverdale exists in the same world. Yep. It's the same world, but two different networks. And the Sabrina show actually came from the comic book. That's where they took right. inspiration. This is taking inspiration from, I would say, more of the movies, but also the TV show came first. So Yeah. And uh, the cartoons and just. Tim Burton being Tim Burton. I have a rant about that. Not a rant, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm with Bill Burr. Rant is too powerful. I have some exclamations to make on that point, but yes. About Tim Burton? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well, let's get into it. Okay. Let's get into it because he did, I would say him doing the first four episodes of directing, he was setting the standard by which the other episode should follow. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 He was laying the groundwork and then being mm-hmm. like, okay, I got to go start another project. You mm-hmm. guys take over. He seems like a busy guy. Yeah. But this show made me realize how much I missed Tim Burton. Mm. That's not to say this is, I mean, partly my fault because I haven't really been tuning in. Where's he been? What's he been doing? He made that Big Eyes movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. That was like, without looking it up, that's the most recent I can think of. Yeah. That was a very good movie and very different than what he's ever done before. But low, low buzz. Yeah. And then, like, he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. and that was huge, but now it's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now it's weird. It was always weird. But, like, now people are just, like, uh, uh, we're past the point of, oh, yeah, it was fun, and it's like, remember that movie? It's weird. It's like, yeah, okay, it's weird. <laughs> but there was a good moment there where it was like, yeah, it was fun, and it is, but it's also super weird. It is. This show, like, I miss Tim Burton playing in his ideal wheelhouse, yes, and this Darth. is it. Yeah. Goth, quirky, slightly funny, a little bit over the top, Mm -hmm. a a big handful of campiness in there. Yeah. I'm I'm sure people will say like, oh, Beetlejuice and oh, Batman. And this has vibes of a little bit of all of that, which is like classic Tim Burton. Right. But this reminds me so much of Big Fish. Oh, yeah. And Big Fish is one of my favorite of Tim Burton's. Yeah. Because it's not 100% goth all the time. And it's not 100% real world, but it's that weird blending that he does where it's... That's Tim Burton. Yeah. And it's, it's both of them. Yeah, he's, he has that kind of like thumbprint, fingerprint, print, print. You know, <laughs> like there's like a... There's certain directors who their name means something as far as the style yes. of, of product you're going to see. You say Tarantino, you know what you're going to get. You say Tim Burton, you know what you're going to get. For sure. Even going way back to Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, they have a style. Some directors don't, but Tim Burton's one of the ones that does. For sure. Also bringing in his old buddy Danny Elfman <laughs> yes. to do the music, which just elevates it too. 
That's got to be the quickest phone call every time it happens. Be like, Danny, grab your theremin. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic duo. Now, it's funny. You said something about it being kind of like funny sometimes. And the the way this is described on the Wikipedia yes. is the longest description ever. <laughs> it's a coming of age, supernatural comedy horror streaming television series. Wow. Yeah. Now, I put big giant question marks next to comedy. Okay. I, is it funny? I laughed. You said the word quirky. Now, yeah. quirky to me is different. Kooky? Than, <laughs> yeah, kooky <laughs> and ooky. Altogether, I, th- I think somebody would prefer spooky, but no. <laughs> it's It's, to me, I don't know. It's very loosely, I don't know, using the word comedy is yes. using the word comedy very loosely broadly okay uh, or i don't know how to say it exactly nicely fairly i i I would a coming of age supernatural horror is that's not right either yes but here's why i say comedy i would call it a supernatural mystery horror yeah yeah streaming there's a a little bit of a detective story right yep i would replace comedy with mystery because Yes, there are humorous bits in there, and there are parts that make you smile, and there are parts that make you giggle. Yes. But horror movies are well known for having silly things in there and like laughs, too. Not all of them, but it's a stylistic choice. It's a stylistic choice in horror movies, and you know, and mysteries can have that in there, too. Like, like to me, the stuff that's funny in here, I guess when you're using the word comedy, it's like the intention is to make people laugh quite often yes and that's not the intention of this one the intention of this one to me was to make people like it's a mystery yes and then there's like funny little parts in it here and there but it'd be like calling um guardians of the galaxy a comedy (laughs) it is an action comedy (laughs) but it's not ever listed as an action comedy i don't think i'd have to look it up yeah Here's how I'll defend comedy for this, though. Okay. I, th- I think it fits, but I think you're, I wouldn't say skipping over an aspect, but here's where it, it stands out for me. So, like, the actual idea of Adam's family, this is way more highlighted in the 90s movies than it was in the original show. Right. But those movies, the 90s movies are comedies because they do, they present the horror elements but like Wednesday loves being called a scorpion. Morticia loves all things ooky and spooky. Yeah. That's comedy. Like, it's part of their character, and yeah. it's done so well here because it's not over the top. It's not just fan service. It's like, remember how out, like outcast these people are? Like, the Adams Family, they love dark stuff. But there are those jokes in there. Yeah. Like, when Wednesday deadpans, like, oh, I haven't been this happy since the last time I tortured uh, Pugsley. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's real dry. It's real quick. But you forget that, oh, it's silly that, like, the things that people are scared of, they love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. All the nicknames that Luis Guzman has as Gomez for his daughter. You know, my little scorpion, my little black cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, that's funny. I'm yeah, yeah, that's true. So that humor came across to me, and that's why I think it's a comedy, just because of all the... It's it's a bit for that family, but uh-huh. they, they push that button whenever they get the appropriate chance for it. Would it be a dark comedy? Macabre, yeah, for sure. Okay, so th- there's just... Gallows needs, humor? There just needs to be more adjectives in there. Yes, black comedy. Dark yes. comedy. yes. Okay, you've, <laughs> you've, you've convinced me that it's okay to use that, but it needs another adjective in there. More superlatives. Maybe yes. they just had too many adjectives. <laughs> They're like supernatural, black comedy, horror, streaming, television series. 
I don't really think it needs the. Well, I guess it does kind of need the horror in there too. I would say take out coming of age because that's like not even a real subplot. Yeah, supernatural, dark comedy, horror, streaming television series. Oh, whatever. Yep. So it's. I'm not even nitpicking the show. I'm nitpicking Wikipedia over here. <laughs> now that I've wasted your time on that, they should start charging by the word, and we'll get more apt and appropriate description. <laughs> But let, let's talk about this show. Let's see what we liked and what we didn't like yeah, yeah. and address all the things. So, of course, it's this is based on the Adams Family that goes all the way back to single panel comics that were in the New Yorker in like the 20s, I yep. think is when it started. Charles Adams was the guy. Mm-hmm. And it was like called Adams Family because it was the family he drew, uh, which is kind of funny. Um <laughs> And he had this weird, quirky sense of humor. And you can find other comics of his that he did that aren't Adam's Family comics. And they have that same kind of dark, humory style. Yeah, very Edward Gorey kind of. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that Gary Larson from The Far Side was a huge fan. Absolutely. Because the the single panel, weird, but funny. And whoever the guy that does Bizarro now, that guy too. Uh, Dan Perraro. Oh, there you go. Yeah, see? (laughs) I'm a big fan of comics. <laughs> Those one-panel weird ones are, are very catchy. Yeah, but it, it goes all the way back to then, and you can even find there's little like one panels, and I don't know if this this might have been from one of the books because they eventually put them in books where he has a drawing of the character with their name and a little description of them. Okay. Wednesday's description that he gave throughout has been kind of what she is. Mm-hmm. They really haven't changed Wednesday very much. <laughs> The interesting thing is that a lot of people think it comes from, depending on your age, some people think, oh, yeah, there was a TV show in the 60s. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. No. <laughs> and people are like, no, there was movies in the 90s, and that's where it started. No. Nope. It started all the way back. And one of the internet criticisms for this was some of the casting. And okay. one casting in particular. And the internet is very wrong. Let me guess which casting. Yes. Uh, who'd they have a problem with? Yes. I'm having a hard time because I can't, I didn't think there was a problematic casting, but I'll say Luis Guzman. You're right. Yes. Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams. Okay. A lot of people were like, oh no, he's supposed to be all swab and debonair. And they're like, no, you're thinking of Raul Julia. Yes. Who was in the movie. But if you look at the drawing that Charles Adams did... Of Gomez, Adams. Looks way more like... It looks just like him. Yep. It looks exactly like him. <laughs> He's supposed to be like a, one of those like, how are you married to this woman type <laughs> guys? My little love muffin. Yes. Kisses down her arm. Well, that's the thing is that he was supposed to have been partly based on the bug-eyed actor Peter Lorre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From back in the uh, the 20s and 30s. Well, the era when he was drawing the picture. Like a Maltese Falcon type times. Yeah, yeah. He's a very interesting. He was the Steve Buscemi of the day. <laughs> There's always one. To me, that's such a silly nitpick. That's like a be more of a nerd. I'm pushing up my glasses. Cause yeah. It's like, no, he's supposed to be swabbing every nerd. No, he's not really. Yep. Uh, he's supposed to be like this round little creepy looking guy. I will say like for the first couple episodes, like just getting into this world, I was part of that criticism because I love, but I've said at least a few times on this podcast how much I love Luis Guzman. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I my Gomez Adams is Raul Julia, yeah. who was so, like, that's was his role for those movies. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not what the, was in the comics. Right. But it is so specifically him that yeah. that's what I have in my brain when I think Gomez mm-hmm. is Raul Julia. So I was like, Louise, I love you, but where's my Raul Julia? Yeah. I, I think of Samwise's dad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the the original TV. Yep. Gomez Adams. <laughs> Let's talk about the cast. I mean, the pillar, the shooting star, the you're not going to get away from her now. <laughs> Because everyone loves her. Everyone wants to dance like her. Yep. TikTok sensation. Former Disney kid again. Here she comes, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams. Doing a, a, an amazing job. Yeah, I was going to say thoughts. Amazing job is thoughts. <laughs> That's my immediate thought, yes. So in this world that Wednesday is in, it's a, it's a little bit different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Because usually it's in their house. Yeah. And then the adventures of them being weird and people thinking they're weird and all this kind of stuff. But it has the CW skin put on it. It has this like Harry Potter Hogwarts skin put on it. Yep. But when we first meet Wednesday, as Jenna Ortega's Wednesday, it's a voiceover and she's in high school. Yes. And everyone's looking at her like she's weird. And I don't know why she's the only goth kid at that high school because come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She is the gothiest, though. She is outgoth all her. Maybe she killed her competition. No, uh-huh. They cut to the chase really quickly in this, in that, like, right away, she's pulling her brother, Pugsley, uh, out of a locker that he'd been <laughs> tied up at an at a apple in his mouth. Yep. Larry's Pugsley. Pugsley. Get it? That's, that's funny. There you go. Yeah, it's funny. And also a funny Easter egg, because that's how we first see them when in the 90s movies, when they first show up, with when it's Christina Ricci. Mm. She's hanging out with Pugsley, and he's tied up and has an apple in his mouth. Ah, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, right away, she's like, who did this to you? And then she touches him, and immediately, head throwback, eyes wide open. Vision. A vision. Oh, this Wednesday has a supernatural power. Yes. She has visions, so she sees who these boys are, and they're the water polo team, so water polo team. (laughs) Silly. It's so Tim Burton. Yeah. It's like, can't just be the swim team. (laughs) Who are the meanest jocks? Apparently water polo. Water polo. What are you trying to tell us, Tim? (laughs) Show us on the water polo ball where the people are mean to you. (laughs) But within like the first like three minutes of the show she throws piranhas in the pool That's and it. like basically eats one of their nether regions yeah yeah hilarious is well, that hilarious that's not it really is that funny i'm gonna i'm pointing my finger at you hilarious you said it <laughs> i didn't prompt it hilarious it was hilarious question mark because that's that that ties into the adams family humor that i'm talking about we're used to it so like you almost don't notice it because it's oh yeah that's expected it's yeah. adams family huh they're being their usual crazy selves yeah. like give it a pass but her reaction to them beating her brother up is to go dump piranhas on them. <laughs> and apparently he lost a testicle, I think, yeah. is the one line in yeah. there. And that's just throwaway. That's like, this is the world we're in. It's like, okay. Hilarious. Because when they're driving her, she gets expelled and has to go to this Hogwarts. I mean, Nevermore Academy. <laughs> <laughs> when they're when they're driving in the limo, in the it really was, okay, it is funny. It is a comedy. Sorry. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, <I> got him. <laughs> when... When she said, when there's something to the, I forget the exact line, but she's like embarrassed that she's not worried that they find out about that she dumped piranhas. She's yeah. worried that he didn't get killed. Yeah. She didn't finish the job properly. <laughs> They're going to, I'm embarrassed for my poor performance. <laughs> <laughs> because that's Wednesday. That's she's funny. strong. She's capable. She doesn't back down from any threat. And Jenna Ortega does such a great job, like being the confident, 
almost scary side of Wednesday that I know from Christina Ricci. Right. So. I guess Tim Burton told her, don't blink. Oh, yeah. She said it was one of the hardest acting jobs ever because he said, don't blink. And for most of her shot, she is squared up, shoulders facing, front mm-hmm. on, which is like the most confrontational like cinematography you yeah. can have every time. Like, you see her from the side and like from you know over the shoulder a couple times, but most every shot is just her like facing the camera. Mm-hmm. It's don't, like okay, don't blink. What is this, Doctor Who? No. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. But yeah, I mean, what more can be said? I mean, she got nominated for a Golden Globe for this. Yep. We can pile on. Really, I, I think that her performance elevates this above it just being a CW show. Really? Yeah. She hit it out of the park as far like in Sabrina, you know, Kiernan Shipka, mm-hmm. we, we really liked her and she did elevate it, but she still kind of was like playing in that CW world, that kind of uh, Buffy world. Yeah, where the um, ensemble gets its fair yeah, share rather than just there. one sort of lead. But I would say Jen Ortega is like elevated the whole thing. Yeah, that's some of the conversation. Like, she sort of makes or breaks the show. Right. For people, I guess, that are on the fence, she's the thing that's so awesome about it, which I agree with. But I'd say there's additional awesomeness outside of Jenna Ortega. There is so much additional awesomeness. Let's talk about this cast. Go for it. You know how much I love casting. Yes. Improper casting. And I don't know about you, but initially going into this, I really didn't like, I knew it was happening, but I didn't read up on it much to see who was in it. Yes. When she gets to Nevermore Academy and I see that Gwendolyn Christie is the principal, <laughs> I didn't even know she was in it. There you go. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's the tall one from Game of Thrones <laughs> who we love so much. We talked her up tons when we do our Game of Thrones assumptions and yeah. stuff. She's been crushing it. And underused in star wars and but used wonderfully here Mm -hmm. i just love that she just gets to be a tall beautiful woman and not like have to be like some weird monster like you're big and tall so you know well i guess she kind of is because she's an out one of the outcasts she gets the best superpower ever (laughs) but yeah that she's the uh principal of nevermore academy i guess we should talk about nevermore academy a little bit for everyone who's thinking about doing this but we're going to spoil this all over the place yeah yeah and who hasn't watched this already but whatever (laughs) it's this fun little hogwartsy place that's for what they call outcasts in this world, which I guess are the Adamses. The freaks, the mutants. Yeah. Yes. And apparently there's all different kinds of uh, outcasts in this world, but there are... They break them down into groups kind of like Hogwarts. They do break them down into groups, and but even without those groups, there are things that aren't within the groups. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I guess there's like a majority of certain kinds of outcasts because you got the there's vampires there, what they call the fangs. The fangs. And there's, I heard they suck. There's werewolves there, which they call the furs. <laughs> Come on, guys, You're, that this is the stuff that's so CW. But it's also uh, yeah, it's on yeah. brand. Yeah, the the you got the sirens, who they call the scales. Oh yep, God, this is silly. And then the you, burnouts. You oh, got no, wait. the stoners. <laughs> But they're called that because they're Gorgons, like Medusas. Yeah. Then there's also like people like Wednesday, who's a psychic. And telekinetics. Yeah, and there's a telekinetic there, which is a psychic power. And then there's a there's a Xavier, who's one of the main characters in this, who can turn things he draws into reality. 
make things. He yeah, he creates yeah. art that becomes Hogwarts paintings. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sorry, um, Academy of Unseen Arts paintings. Right. We got to give Sabrina some love in here, not and just then, Harry Potter. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, Larissa Weems, the principal, played by Gwendolyn Christie, is a shapeshifter. Yes. And then later on, we also learn that there's these crazy people called hides, which apparently are some kind of new thing that Tim Burton invented. Maybe. No, no, no. They're not. This is a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh, duh. Yeah, this is this is unchecked ego, animalistic. How dumb am I? I didn't even get that. <laughs> Because it says it in the subtitles, they spell it the Dr. Jekyll and Hyde way. It's oh. H-Y-D-E. Hydes. Yeah, this is unchecked animalistic. How dumb am I? <laughs> Send your, you're dumb. But does to... it make it better now? Yes, no, it it does. Yeah. I guess I said, because the way that in Hyde form. Yes. It's a Tim Burton drawing mm-hmm. that was in the little book that showed a drawing of a hide. Oh, for sure, yeah. And a Tim Burton looking creature. Yep. And when we see the hide, which a lot of, the, here's another internet nitpick. They said, this thing looks dumb. It doesn't look scary. It is the Tim Burtoniest monster. <laughs> I see that. It's a, I'm like, that's a Tim Burton monster. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like have you not seen Beetlejuice? Yeah. Have you not seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. I mean, have you not seen anything that Tim Burton puts monsters in? That's a Tim Burton monster. It could have been in Corpse Bride. Yes. Yeah. It's like, what? That monster's dumb looking. Um, who directed this? Tim Burton? It's a Tim Burton monster. It's stylized. I, that made me like shake my fists at the internet. It's, yeah. a Tim, it's a Tim Burton property. There's a monster in it. Yeah. It's going to look like that. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm on your team 100%. But I think that's the bad rap. Just like creating a monster for movies in general. There's always going to be the person's like, oh, it should look this way. It's like, it's a, it's a made up monster. Yeah. Get over it. Anyway, I feel dumb for <laughs> not getting the high part. <laughs> I get a point. Wow. You learned. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> can't um, go back now. You can't change it. <laughs> now, as good as Jenna Ortega is. Yes. As good as she is. Are you going to talk about my favorite cast member in this whole series? But Is it Emma Myers? Oh, she's a close second, but yes. Playing she, Enid Sinclair? Enid. Her new little roomie? Who's the, like, the sunshine and rainbows to Wednesday's black dark cloud. It's hilarious. This is funny. Okay, never mind. It's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing minds on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I just love how like the, the it's really funny too because they say she's allergic to colors, so she gets a special uniform and stuff. Yep, and which is funny. And, and it's like you're allergic to color, and she's like, yeah, I break out. And <laughs> I and I believe it. The way she like delivers the line, I'm like, I don't think she's joking. I think she breaks out. <laughs> Or is she joking? What if she isn't? Oh, wow. This girl is weird. I I mean, I'm a kid of the 90s, and goth kids were one of my hangouts. Yep. So, And this is the usual troupe. This is the odd couple that they are forced together, but it works. They both have great chemistry. Enid is awesome as a struggling werewolf. Yeah, she can't. I love she, that whole... She can't transform. She hasn't transformed yet. You're <laughs> supposed to transform around puberty, and she's well past puberty, and, that, and hasn't transformed yet, and her yeah. parents are all worried and giving her like flyers to like to like yeah. conversion camps. Basically, you're going to werewolf conversion camps. Like what? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> That's what I love about this this series is the little details in here. Like her having her claws is like the the show that she has. She is a werewolf. Yeah. But she's only so far along. Yeah, she can only make her claws. Go That's out. a great little bit. And they're really colorful. Yep. Because she paints them, I guess. Yeah, she's super colorful. <laughs> I just, I A plus for Emma Myers. That's one of those. Because I think that she might be a little bit in Jen Ortega's shadow, but I am seeing a lot of love for her mm-hmm. out there too. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, it was, 
the perfect yin to the yang. Mm-hmm. Like, perfect. That character could have been played very wrong, but it wasn't. Exactly. It was pitch perfect. Yeah, because usually a character like that that's all sunny and bright does come across as, like, perfect, and right. but she has her own struggles. I right. mean, we said this about Sabrina as well, but the thing that works about this show is that they do all the usual CW tropes of, like, teenagers in love or coming of age yeah. or figuring out your true identity as a mm-hmm. werewolf. You know, those are usual tropes, but fitting them into this skin, like, especially from Tim Burton, who's like, oh, he's he's the Gen Xiest of the Gen Xiest, right. you know? For him to still tell this type of story and make it engaging and also make it dark in Adam's family, it, it's really good. This is well interesting because she should feel like she fits in here, but she's almost like part of the, like, having a different colored uniform. Mm-hmm. She's almost a fish out of water in a bunch of fishes out of water. Yep. Which is interesting. <laughs> She's the outcast of the outcast. Also at the school, some of the other... Let's talk about the other students in the cast here. Yep. We already talked about her roommate. Then we get to meet when she, her roommate's showing her around. <laughs> Enid's showing her around. This is where we get to learn about the fangs and the furs and the silly little names and everything. It's the 10 things I hate about you orientation day. Yeah. <laughs> There's the burnouts. There's the tech kids. We have like the, the queen bee is Bianca Barclay. Played by Joy Sunday, who's the a siren, who's like Queen Bee. She's what was it? What was the Queen Bees and Weird Sisters? W- weird Sisters and Sabrina. Yep. Yes, yeah. right. It's just like the Weird Sisters. Absolutely. But man, those eyes they give them. Yep. Those freaky eyes. Woo. And I like the because speaking of hides and speaking of powers and all that stuff, like they are taking traditional things like the siren, yeah. which we know the sirens call. Yeah, you know, I know it as a thing that's like, oh, it lured sailors to them into the right, rocks. right, right, and it, like beginning and end done. Yeah, but to have it like presented in this case, like a manipulation power, and yeah. it's sort of like a, a puppetry thing. Like yeah. you can command like whatever you say, people believe. Yeah. Like Jedi mind tricks. Right. That's an interesting sort of expansion of the siren power. I really like that. And they have to wear restraining bolts. That's it. Basically. Yeah, those little uh, amulet necklaces. (laughs) And then she gets in trouble with her boyfriend because he's like, oh, you're just making me love you. It's like, that's so weird and complex. I know. Her ex-boyfriend is Xavier Thorpe. (laughs) What a private school uh, (laughs) Hogwarts name. Played by Percy Hines. Oh, no. His name isn't (laughs) much... Different. Yeah, you were destined to be that kind of character. Um, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, he's the one who has the ability to make his art come to life. It's very he's cool. He's like the tortured artist guy. <laughs> you know, overly handsome, weirdly handsome, weirdly handsome. He's got that Fruza bulk quality, yeah. but in a dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, one of my favorite one of her, um, one of this Gooby gang. Yeah, it's Eugene Ottinger. <laughs> Played by Moose Mustafa. Yeah. He's, he has the ability to control bees. That's his weirdness. Okay, so that's my question. Yes. That, that's, we don't get that beat until the end. Right. Is it bees or is it telekinesis? I think that he has, maybe he just has like a communication with animals, animals okay. or maybe just bees or I don't know. He seems to be really into bees. Yeah. Maybe it's an insect communication thing. I don't know. If I was the writers, I'd expand it because you could do lots of cool things if you can communicate with other animals. And we don't know that yet. That's season two fodder. But he's great. Oh, Eugene is awesome. He invites Wednesday into the Hummers. I I would say he's probably, that character is her first real friend. Yeah. And Enid as well, but she takes a little warming up to Enid. But Eugene is her first sort of uh, compatriot. Yeah. Yeah. It's real interesting how they do... 
not coming of age, but the, there's wonderful character development through here that makes sense yes. for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could have been done so wrong. It could have been terrible. <laughs> if she didn't develop at all, it'd be like a sociopath. He'd be watching like Dexter or something. Yes. Even though he did develop in that show. But still, yep. it could be done very wrong. Or the development could have been done in a way that didn't make any sense. Yeah. But everything made sense along the steps. She kind of started warming up to the idea of having friends without giving up her personality absolutely right yeah because i kind of had that worry like within the first two or three episodes yeah because it could have gone like you said where it was very one note it's like Mm -hmm. wednesday is this way she's going to act that way in every situation isn't it great Uh like they could have done that because it's a compelling enough character with the actress right but they actually took it somewhere and went with it and not only with her but with a lot of the characters around her it wasn't just this is a wednesday adams story it's like oh here's how wednesday adams affects the outside world as well so Mm -hmm. i'm with you and also at Nevermore, which I thought was just going to be a cameo, but it's like a big part, yep. is Christina Ricci. The, one of the OG Wednesdays. One of the OG Wednesdays, playing Marilyn Thornhill and someone else later, <laughs> <laughs> who's the botany teacher at Nevermore. Yep. And the, that botany class was just like, it's just the same thing as that Hogwarts class where like, like they pull out the little scream and like yeah. root peoples. I don't forget what those are called. Oh, I'm blanking, but yeah. Yeah, yeah the little screaming plants that you have to wear earmuffs for. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny because there's so many things, just like how Harry Potter like takes all these things from mythology and mixes them all together and steals mm-hmm. it. Mandrake! There it is, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mandrake, there we go. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> you know, there's so many things that like, when we talk about how Star Wars takes from samurai stuff, Western stuff, mixes it all together. Yep. This show is taking from stuff and mixing it all together. And it's funny because I'm like, oh, man, this is just Harry Potter. But then when you think of it, Harry Potter's old now. Yep. It's no different than a George Lucas in the 70s. For sure. Taking like early 60s samurai movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like I sit there and go, oh, well, they're just doing this again. And it's like, well, but that's what J.K. Rowling was doing. <laughs> she was just doing this. She was just taking stuff and mixing it together. She just take stuff and mix it together. And they're taking all these things and mixing it together. But it's just, it's so weird now because it seems like media just lasts so much longer now than it used to, you know? I would almost say it's almost both if it if it could be that way. Like, the things that are good seem to have the longer lasting power because right. it's easier to go back and find it. Right. But if you don't make that cut, you're like gone forever a week later. So right. that's the weird dichotomy. But true. absolutely, like if you make a splash, you're you live on the internet now. Right. I would say it's almost been long enough between season one Sabrina and season one Wednesday. They were like, that worked in this show, kind of in the same wheelhouse. Let's take some cues and make it our own. Yeah, because there are are so many similar things. Yep. The family dynamic is is a little different because it's not like it's being hidden from her that she's an outcast. Yeah. She knows she's an outcast. She knows her parents are too. Mm Mm-hmm. It isn't until like, what, the fifth episode? I think it's the first episode that Tim Burton didn't direct that we really get to see a lot of Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia, Luis Guzman as Gomez. Yes. And the kid who plays Bugsley, who really didn't make much of an impact (laughs) on this. He was Uh, just there for a little beat. Yeah. Um, They got to fish with grenades, which (laughs) was fun. It was kind of funny. I don't know about you. That fifth episode, the first non-Tim Burton-directed episode. Is this where they do the flashbacks to young Gomez and young... Young Gomez. It's it's the parent visiting day. Yes. And that episode, I could tell Tim Burton was gone. Yes. 
Could you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could. I could tell because it didn't. You can tell, but it's also they. I think like my. I think that's on purpose because Tim Burton is sort of playing the role of setting this world up. Right. And it is about after the fourth episode when they say, okay, you know who everybody is. Right. You know what everybody's sort of motives and where they're trying to get to right. are. Now we're going to throw a wrench in the works. Right. Have that action resolve around somebody else is doing it, and you might not notice it a little bit right. more, but absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I could tell. It's it's a little less quirky. It's a little bit more, we have to get things done. We have to move the story right. along, so let's hit some points. Right. And be like, for the sake of, let's take out a little bit of the weird. Right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you noticed that too because <laughs> I, I I could tell, and it wasn't until like afterwards that I went back and I looked and I was like, oh, because like halfway through the show kind of changed a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to say for the worse or for the better. I just it was different. Yeah, you can tell it was something different. It's like go to a restaurant and then you know you get something made by like the assistant chef <laughs> that usually the head chef makes, and you're like, this is still good. But the parsley is a little yeah. different. Something's a little different. Needs a pinch more salt. <laughs> so what do you think of the overall story? Because what we're dealing with here is a is a whodunit. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a, it, We have people getting killed by the monster. Yeah, which the, the sheriff's trying to make like it's a, a bear, bear yeah. attacks. Yeah. And, I mean, I do not like that sheriff one bit. I don't <laughs> like him at all. Until I, the end. And it, I think that's the point. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Because this is what I, it annoyed me and I like it. So I guess it worked in the show's favor. But this annoyed me in that because of all the detective, like whodunit side of this story. Yeah. They play a lot on, is this character good? Is this character bad? Right. Are they the murderer? Are they yeah. not? And so you kind of get the characters portrayed in different light depending on what the scene, what happens in the scene. Right, like, right. Oh no, like now we have to hint that they might be the killer. Right. And I think that hurts the characters a little bit, like in the sheriff, because the sheriff is a good guy doing right. what good guys should do. Right. Is he doing it the best way? Probably not. No. But he's a sheriff trying to do his job. Right. You know, but he does come across as kind of a hard ass and yeah. like maybe he's part of the problem. Right. But he's not. Yeah. You're right. And this, I don't know about you, but the, they did a good job. They got me. Yeah. I didn't, they fooled me. I had like three guesses at yeah. one time. Like yeah, and I too. changed it and it was still wrong. And yeah. I was like, okay, it's this then. No. And it was still wrong. They fooled me hard. They, they got it good. Um, <laughs> but if we're going to talk about the sheriff, we got to talk about his son, Harvey Kingle. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's Normie boyfriend versus a supernatural boyfriend. We've already seen this before. I mean, Tyler Galpin. Yes. Tyler Galpin. <laughs> Versus Xavier Thorpe. Um, Nick Scratch. I mean, Xavier yeah. Thorpe. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> For as much as a rehash as that is, because, like I said, Sabrina did this. Uh-huh. They still make it captivating because for as much as it's the same trio, it's it's different instances. And it's different enough in the way that Sabrina kind of like is leaning into it. Yes. she is a She's a strong, powerful woman. She knows it, and she's going for it. And she's going to choose her man. Yeah, she's going to choose her man. Whereas Wednesday is like, ooh, I don't want to deal with either of you. I'm having feelings, and I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> it's a very different... You are requiring social obligation. I do not like it. I have plans to achieve. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Man, the casting of Jen Ortega it really is perfect, and I don't think a lot of people... I'm going to go there. I don't know if a lot of people have gone there, but... She's a very attractive woman. Yeah, yeah. And as such, it makes sense that these guys would be enamored by her because, I'm sorry, dudes are visual. <laughs> they are. Yeah. And, and a lot of her weirdness, 
if she was not as attractive, dudes would be like, especially dudes who look as good as these Hollywood actor dudes, <laughs> you know, would be like, all right, let me talk to your werewolf roommate. Yeah. She's cute too and very friendly. <laughs> yes, and won't stab me in my sleep. Exactly. Yes. So there has to be that level of like, yeah, yeah. She's going to be selling perfume and makeup and all kinds of stuff. You know it. That's it. In the future because... And she's <clears throat> Morticia's daughter. I mean, look, I mean... Right. And that's that. That's true, too. Morticia is, is always supposed to have been stunning. Yeah. And getting Catherine Zeta-Jones is... <laughs> I'm all for that. That's it. That's very good casting. <laughs> and she does a great job, too. We didn't really talk about it, but it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. I've never seen her not be good. She seems happy in what is essentially kind of a bit part. Yeah. And has fun with it and does what's needed. Right. Yes, exactly. I would say that. She does what's needed. She's adequate, great, Mm -hmm. more than adequate, I would say. But really, it's when she's there doing her thing, and then also you have Luis Guzman there doing his thing, he he eats the scenery when he's on it. (laughs) It's it. He's great. Yeah. And like the little beats where he sort of has to play clueless or like the optimist or the hope, you know, the hopeful one. He's just like, oh, okay. They're great. I like those versions. Yeah, yeah. Gomez and Morticia. And the little like touching moments where she's like, you've been more than an adequate father. And like, it's such a Wednesday line because it's so dry and like, uh-huh. okay, thanks Wednesday. But he almost starts to tear up. You're yeah. like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, really good. So yeah, then we got the love triangle, Tyler and Xavier, and they keep making you... Yeah, sh- I should have known. They keep, they're really like going like, Xavier's this monster. That was my first thought because the monster does look like a mutated version of him. Right. He's the weirdest looking. And he ends up with scratches on him. But then he says that for some reason, I actually believed him. I, I don't know why. I know that the show is trying to make you think yes. that Xavier is the monster. Because eventually, Wednesday thinks Xavier's a monster and gets him arrested. Yep. But I, for some reason, I always believed him. Like when he said that he had scratches on him from the monster, so she wasn't sure if he was the monster or he was the controller of the monster. Yes. Either way, both bad. Mm -hmm. But he said he was having these dreams about the monster because his dad is like some famous psychic that Pugsley's a big fan of. (laughs) And so he has to draw what he dreams. He said he's just compelled to do it. So he was drawing the monster and then it like came through the canvas at him. Yes. And since he's the guy who kind of does that kind of stuff. It fits. It makes sense. It fits. Then he draws Wednesday playing the cello, too. And that kind of creeps her out a little bit. Uh, Or not. Yeah, I would go the other way. I think that's one of the things that, like, immediately gets through to Wednesday. Yeah, you think so? Because it's it's creepy. Yeah. It's stalkery. (laughs) But it's also really good. And that seems like it would be along Wednesday's line of thinking. And then um, Harvey Kinkle. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> Tyler, the, it's kind of, this was a funny beat that he keeps trying to go out on a date with her. The dad is like against it. You think the dad's against it because- He's of, a jerk dad. Of one reason, but then you find out why he's really against it. Yeah. We can spoil it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But I really, when when he was like, when he took her on that date and he's like, we're going to watch a horror movie and it was Legally Blonde, right? Was yeah. That- <laughs> And she was like, I felt nauseous and wanted to scream the entire time. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is what I want to ask. So go for sp- it. Spoiler alert, everybody. Here we go. The the big mystery at the end, and, and everything led to it, is that Tyler is the hide. Yes. And out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It was really good, really well done. Mm-hmm. The way she finds out is amazing. Yes. We get this finally moment. You're, you're like, okay. Xavier's locked up 
She solved the mystery. Tyler's here. He's the good guy. Nice, pretty you know? little bow. She's like, oh, she's actually going to kiss someone. She's going to have some emotion. And then she immediately has a vision <laughs> of him eating Ricky Lindholm. Oh, Ricky Lindholm. Oh, we got to talk about it. So great. When I saw her in this, I was so happy to see Ricky Lindholm. Yes. From Garfunkel and Oates fame. Yep. For us, playing Dr. Valerie Kinbot, who the show made me think was one of the killers. Was one of the killers, was the controller. I thought that for a good number of episodes. Laurel Gates, the, the from the Gates family. Which is the family history yeah. that leads to a lot of these conflicts. Yeah, yep. it's the, the Gateses. Crackstones. The, the Gateses were there at the same time that the Gomez and Morticia were there. And the Gates son was after Morticia and was going to kill everyone at the dance. Because yep. his dad wanted to get rid of all the outcasts. And him and Morticia got in a fight. And Gomez ended up like... She ended up stabbing him, but he was dying already anyway from the poison because it went off and when they were fighting, it went off in his pocket and yep. poisoned him. So Gomez took the rap and the sheriff knew that he was like, he killed that boy and he got away with it. So I'm going to put him back in jail and yep. all this kind of craziness goes on with that. But the the whole Gates family was supposed to have been gone and their mansion abandoned. Their and daughter lost and dead. The, the daughter lost at sea or something. And that was Laurel Gates, and apparently it comes out that she's back and is the one controlling the hide. Yep. And we're led to believe, and I bit, I believed it. I believed what Wednesday believed. It was Dr. Kimbot, her therapist, played by Ricky Lindholm, and Xavier was the hide, yep. and she was the controller. But we were all so wrong. But here's the weirdness of what I was, what I was kind of hinting at earlier. So because they play characters essentially both ways for narrative tricks, right? Yeah. So they do make Ricky Lindholm seem like a suspect. Yeah, because she like has taxidermy little animals. She and has stuff. taxidermy animals that she finds, puts together, keeps in her closet, doesn't tell puts anybody li- about. Puts little clothes on him and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she dresses them up. Yeah. So that works well as making you think, oh, she's a psychopath. Yeah. Okay, so the show's over. She's not the psychopath, but she is still weird and does the taxidermy stuff. Right. Why? I don't know. She's dead now. So. <laughs> well, yeah, she's dead, but like we never got that answer. Like no. they made her weird, and then it turned out she's just really weird for the sake of being really yeah. weird. It's like okay, unsolved, little odd. Why they do you sold do my... those things in that weird shop, though. She made her money from it. Yeah. It was a good business, but yeah. why do you have to do my girl Ricky like that? Where she got the dress? We will talk about the dress and the dancing in a bit, but we got to talk about how Harvey Kinkle and the the weird. I mean the. <laughs> The Tyler uh, kiss, she, she like saw everything happen. Yes. Which is kind of, is that okay? I guess so. I mean, she really didn't solve it, solve it. Mm-hmm. She solved it with a vision. They've been telling the audience the whole time, don't trust the vision. Yeah. Don't trust the vision. Uh, but every time Wednesday has one, she follows it. Yeah. We as the audience have to tag along. We're like, right. oh yeah, it's a vision. Right. We come to find out, right, that he's actually the hide. Yes. And then when you see the hide, you're like, oh yeah, that's him. It looks like a Tim Burtonized version of Tyler. That was a great scene that didn't affect me because I was so impressed by the instant drop of his reveal as human form. Yeah. When when like they go to say goodbye at the jailhouse and he's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to kill you and the world's about to end. Uh, Good night. Yeah. I was like, what? Now, I bring this all up at this point because I want to ask you. Go for it. Because there's that turn, right? Yes. 
we're kind of led to believe because at one point another great cameo is we get Fred Armisen shows up as Uncle Fester. Perfect. And he's the one who lets her know about hides and mm-hmm. everything that's going on. And Thing gets killed. The Thing's in this too, everybody. Thing is like was kind of sent to um, watch Wednesday secretly, but Wednesday found him and then kind of became her like special little sidekick, her familiar almost. Yeah, and became the best character in this show. <clears throat> right. Is he? My, for Mikey, yes. The did but, you, Do you know all about Victor Dorobantu? Yes, I do. The street magician and musician yeah. and, and puppeteer. Yeah, they totally, they, they made him wear an entire green or blue suit. Yep. And then just left his hand out. Yeah. And then he just did all this stuff. All practical. All practical. As much as it could well, be. Well, except for they, they had to put the stump in there. Yeah, but yeah. that that's a, I mean, that's like physical effects. Yeah. Like the CGI was just to get rid of everything that wasn't thing. Yeah. So like. And add the stump. No, he had the stump on him. Really? It was a prosthetic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that hung out above the blue. Oh. So he okay. had the stump on him. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then everything past the wrist was just edited out. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's super practical. There's a couple behind-the-scenes videos on it that are amazing, but that's half the reason I love them. But the way Thing is and the beats they give him is just amazing. But it's so Tim Burton because he did Tim Burton did the old movie Ed Wood, mm-hmm. which has Dracula in it. And Ed Wood, Johnny Depp in the movie, is like, how do you do that thing with your hands? And he's like, first, you have to be Hungarian. Then... You have to be double jointed. And I'm like, that's all I could think about with Thing walking around because it's so versatile for being a hand. Yeah. And this guy's almost, isn't he like checked or something? Uh, Hungarian? Or is he Hungarian? Yeah, yeah. He's, what, he's from wherever they filmed. They filmed this over there in some Romania. castle up there in Romania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, such an appropriate place for a show <laughs> like this. Romania? Yeah. That's where Transylvania is. Oh, but he had, Thing had his own language. He gave the finger twice. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> no. it was wonderful. And I love how Enid became like buddies with him. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh uh, thing is definitely crushing on Enid, but he'll never say. Yeah, never I know you're right. Him. You're yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's smitten, wearing her silver nail polish when she's gone. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing missing Enid. I don't blame him. So what I wanted to ask you though about Tyler was yes, because Uncle Fester was talking about how you know it's in someone, and then if they release it, they control it. And I wasn't sure. See, he had that turn at the end, but like, was everything he was doing before, did he actually ever like Wednesday? Like, why would he go to the trouble to do that movie night and stuff? Is it like all, it's all part of the plan. It was, it was, it was a plan all along. Yep. I don't like that. Cause I was really hoping it was one of those things that like every time he turned, he became a little more broken. Yes. So he could have originally had good intentions towards Wednesday. True. That's what I'm saying. I back off a little bit. That absolutely could be the case because he does give a speech about how, like, at first I didn't remember anything. I woke up Uh, naked and I didn't remember. And then slowly I heard the screams and I came to enjoy it. Okay, yeah. So that fits to your argument. Okay. So maybe it did start off as something, but because he was being manipulated, that just took more effect. That makes me feel better because when that was revealed, I was like, oh, man, because you kind of like him. And then then you kind of feel bad for him. And then you realize, as we alluded to earlier, that's why his dad was like, stay away from my son. It wasn't because you're a weirdo. It was because he knew that his son was half a hide. Yes. Because he married a hide. Yep. And he could be potentially dangerous. For sure. And that's the justification for why it could have been a plan all along on Tyler's part. Is because his it's vengeance. It's backed up by like he thinks that Wednesday has done his entire family line wrong mm. and messed up not just his life but his mother's life. Like she plays into all of that. Yeah, because of the whole hide outcast thing. 
So he's sort of going for familial justice. Ugh, I don't like it then. And I mean, Ugh. but that's, I mean, Christina, uh, so Christina Ricci is. Uh, she plays Marilyn Thornhill, the botany teacher. Thornhill, but, yeah. but it turns out that it wasn't Ricky Lindholm, <laughs> Dr. Kinbot, who was yeah. Laurel Gates. It was her. Yeah. Christina Ricci was the bad guy all along. And the reason her plan starts is because Wednesday Adam shows up and she's the key. She's the blood. So, like, that's Christina Ricci was biding her time just waiting for that one moment for right. family justice. So, right. I think that's why those two, Tyler and Thornhill, get together so well is because they're both on that vengeance path. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. I'm still going to think that he wasn't in, in that intention at first and it just broke him. As he kept going. I, he like I, turned to the dark side. I, I like that more. The more and more I think about like it. Because Anakin. when we first meet him as a barista, he says he can't be bought. Yeah. So he's not about control. So yeah. he wouldn't team up with somebody to like get yeah. vengeance. No, but, she just released him. So. Which means he has to. He has to. I like your way better. Poor Eugene gets like on the, the night of the dance. We got to talk about the dance. They have the like the what was there was a dance in Sabrina too. Wasn't there was there? yeah, yep. <laughs> Gotta have a high school dance if you're gonna yeah yeah. The enchantment under the sea dance. Yes. Or, <laughs> this one was climate change and uh, yeah. extinction though. <laughs> they, so uh, it was dead animals and icebergs. But man, if you haven't seen this on TikTok or even the Jimmy Fallon show or whatever, yes. The dance that Jenna Ortega does, the cramps dance. It's taken the internet over. Really, there's so many people doing it. And it's all her, which Points is, to her, which is interesting. And Tim Burton gave her like a, I guess it wouldn't be a videotape, but it would have been videoed back then. But old videos of like goths dancing mm-hmm. in goth clubs, which is something I'd been to in the 90s, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess in the TV show, there's a Wednesday dancing at some point in the TV show, the little girl that plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So she put some of that in there. I could see that. She lo- like mixed all this stuff together. Yeah. It's almost got parts of thriller. It's yeah. got a little bit of the old, very like nineties music video, right. like choreography. And it could have been cheesy. Could have been so cheesy. Yes. But it wasn't. It fit. Yes. Or did you think it was cheesy? It worked. I think it worked. They didn't go too over the top with it, but as far as like, it is out of character, both narratively and structurally for Wednesday to do that dance. But Wednesday danced in the original. That's justified. Yeah. But the TV show. For this one, like her her attitude up until this point, that should never have happened. That Yeah, that's true. But also she likes defying expectations. So maybe she knows that she's scaring people by dancing. So she's getting her kicks that way. That's true. Yeah, I mean, she's dancing strangely and putting people off, so that is kind of a Wednesday thing. But it is a great scene. I love that it blew up, and it's another one of those examples of a show bringing old songs back to popularity, and if that happens for the Cramps, man, all day. And then they played a Dua Lipa song. (laughs) I was texted you, I was watching, I was like, Dua Lipa, and then you would have been like, what? I was like, oh, never mind. And then they had the whole kind of Carrie thing with the weird pilgrim kids. There's a pilgrim world in the town of Jericho that's outside of Nevermore. Yep. And the kids that all work there hate the (laughs) people at Nevermore, but they dress like pilgrims in Pilgrim World. Yeah. But anyway... They they go to like spray the this was a, okay it is a comedy I'm I'm so so wrong here's here's my next point because when the when the when the paint comes down yes they're spraying the paint and she tastes it and she's like this isn't even real pig's blood well, they couldn't even spring for blood it's paint <laughs> <and> she's mad <laughs> it's mad about yeah 
Oh. That's what made me okay with it because up until that beat, it is a blatant carry ripoff. Right. No, almost note for note. Like yeah. it shows people slipping, but that's kind of it, the way they were slipping and writhing around was uh, how the people writhed around that carry attacked in the movie. Right. So they even did matched up shots, but because it's pain at the end, that that saved it. Let's talk about Christina Ricci through the big reveal at the end. There you go. Here. Like I was surprised how much Christina Ricci was in it. I thought it was just going to be a little cameo, but she's in it. I would say she's the only teacher we see, but we do see some of the teachers when everyone is told to flee, mm-hmm. nevermore. But basically, it comes out that she's the one behind everything. She's Laurel Gates. Yes. She is the one who released Tyler as the hide and has control over him and has been trying to take revenge on all these people mm-hmm. who messed with her family. And then we come to find out that she is like the ancestor of the guy who founded Jericho. Mm-hmm. Crackstone. Which is so close to one of, we had a game where there was an evil character named Crackbone. Oh, wow. Crackstone and Crackbone. I know. I was like, what? Was he an undead lich pilgrim, though? Eventually. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a pilgrim. Okay. But he was undead. There you go. Um, he wasn't a giant leprechaun <laughs> from Leprechaun. No, I like that look. He looked so much like Penguin from Batman Returns yeah. that like it, it's undead makeup, but Tim Burton likes his undead, slightly bloated and weird looking. But we we found out that Laurel Gates is trying to raise him from the dead yes. with some crazy ceremony. She needs like certain body parts, which she was using the hide to get. Mm-hmm. And then she needs the blood of an enemy, which was Wednesday. Yes. So she uses Wednesday to raise him from the dead. He promptly shows up and just guts Wednesday. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Blah. Blah. And he goes, now I'm going to destroy the academy because this is what I tried to do years ago with your ancestor you've been having visions with, who's an, the opposite you. Goody Adams. And that's perfect supreme bad guy. Right. He shouldn't care about whatever underlings around him. He's like, oh, I'm back? Okay, let's destroy the world. You stab, you stab, yeah. you burn, you fly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I thought it was great because yes. he didn't have a big monologue or anything. He's nope. like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> okay, let's get going. <laughs> I got to get. I gotta do what I was going to do back in the day. Love it. I couldn't kill your ancestor in that barn I was going to burn down, but I can kill you now. And then her ancestor shows up. In a vision. Yes. Goody Adams. Goody Adams. I thought it was cool, man, when she like literally like gave up her soul for Wednesday's soul. Yeah. I, that's what I took it as, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And she like lays in her. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I, was, I thought that was cool. And the whole necklace like being set up to be a way for her to talk to her mother and work out the visions. No, it's actually like for communing with spirits yeah. and getting powers. Yeah. Coming back to life. Yeah. And then we get the big showdown that the crazy telekinetic kid, who, what was the whole point of the telekinetic kid? That's one of my nitpicks. Right. Goody Adams is one and Rowan from the first three episodes. Yeah. He's the one that first tries to kill her with telekinesis. Right. And then is gone. Yeah. And then is net like, that never applies ever again. I think that, no, actually, now that I think about it. He said his mom taught him, or his mom sent him on the prophecy. Her, her, yeah. His mom... Drew that picture yes. that showed Wednesday was going to just look like Wednesday was going to destroy the Academy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he saw her and was like, this is from the drawing. And, and his mom said, if anyone, you ever see anyone like this while you're there, you have to kill her is what he said. It's vision and prophecy being misconstrued. So, wow. so then he tried to kill her, but then the monster killed him. The hide killed him. Yes. That and, makes sense. And then to cover up the fact that the hide's running around, the principal acted like shapeshifted into him. Mm-hmm. So she thought she was going crazy. Yes. So that set her on trying to solve the mystery mm-hmm. because 
she knew she's not crazy. Yeah. So that was the thing that he served. Yeah. Really. And I forgot, like, it. I forgot about the whole, and like... it was Xavier's roommate, too. Yes. And later on, Xavier kind of, like, lets her know, like, he's sending me weird texts that aren't like him and stuff. It's, like, very strange stuff. And it's weird how they bring everybody together with all their different motives, and Rowan brings them all together, and everybody acts for their own selfishness, but it still all kind of works out anyway. That's crazy. Right. Because, like, Weems just wants the school to look good, so she can't have a murder. Right. Like, doesn't have anything to do with Wednesday monster or anything. It's like, yeah. oh, dead boy, can't have that. Right. And that help ends up helping Wednesday, but Wednesday's like, no, I saw him dead and now he's back. And having that beat happen sets it up for the audience to be okay with that Wednesday's coming back to life. Right. It's already happened once, so now it's easier to accept because that right. is kind of a cop-out being like, oh, you're dying, just kidding, you have a secret necklace, back to life. Yeah. Can be seen as a cop-out, but it's justified and we've already accepted it kind of once, so yeah. we can accept it again. And she doesn't defeat Crackstone alone. Nope. It's like it, It's it's everybody. Scooby gang. Um, and... The nightshades. The nightshades, yeah. They work the snaps in. And Edgar Allan Perfectly. Allen, and Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Yeah. They work the snaps in. I love the whole snap concept. Yeah. And then Enid finds out it's like you have a secret group and a secret snap. Yeah. <laughs> She's so mad. It's adorable. It is a that's the thing about it, that she is adorable. Even when she wolfs out. Yeah, she finally wolfs out and saves Wednesday from the hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally wolfs out on the night of the blood moon. And it's so it's she's it, <laughs> she even looks, yeah, you're right. She looks adorable and cuddly because she's still colorful yeah. as a werewolf. She has dyed wolf fur. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the nails, but I'd imagine the nails and claws are still painted. Yeah. And that's the a semi-tragedy too because the sheriff ends up having to shoot his son, but it doesn't kill him, which is interesting. I would imagine it's, it's not an easy beast to kill a hide. I'd imagine regular yeah. human bullets can't. Right. It's a silver bullet or weird ritual type of situation. Now, the, the Scooby gang did help her, but they also did kind of betray her when she was like, I'm going to torture him so he turns into the hide. And they're, yes. and they're like, we're out of here and we're telling on you. That's I don't know, man. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> well, she apologized. Bianca said we, did, we didn't want you to get expelled. Yeah, we, just, okay. we just weren't yeah. down with the craziness of Wednesday, right. which just as a point, throughout this whole show, they ride this line so well and it, it never really annoyed me, and I, I I got along with it. But because Wednesday is so macabre and so dark and so like grotesque in the things she says, yeah. it's almost hard to take the actual grotesque things that happen seriously, right? Because you're like, is it comedy? Is it serious? Right. They toy with that so much that it's kind of hard to factor in sometimes. Right. Maybe that's why I didn't think it was a comedy. Absolutely, because yeah. it does it does actually go dark, right. like sincerely. Yeah. And so when that happens, it's almost weird because it's like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be funny, which I think is interesting and well done. But specifically with the nightshades, that was an interesting moment because they're like, oh, Wednesday, the creepy girl that always says she's going to kill somebody. And then they're like, oh, she's actually might kill this person. Right. And that's when she gets isolated. Okay. Like, that's I a gotcha. fallback to interesting. the extremeness of her. Right. So. But also not funny. See, it's <laughs> weird. You're, it's like there is. There's a, I guess it confused me. Yep. I was like, is comedy, should that be in there? The word comedy? I don't know. Anyway. That's them playing with it is my my say. What do you think of Bianca? I, I was like, okay. Yeah, it's tropey. It is, it's the same character that was in Sabrina. Right. As the, uh, Agatha, I think was specifically. No, Agatha was one, one of the weird what, sisters. What was the? There was Agatha and. It is that character. She has her struggles. She's justified. But it's she's like the sixth person to have a conflict or rivalry or beef out of all the characters. Everybody has their own stuff going on, and she's included in that. But by the time we get to that character, I'm kind of out of 
It's like, I get it. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's got the weird mom who has a cult. That was an interesting twist. Yeah. But like I, I said that earlier, like that falls under exploring the siren powers. I like, but we only get to see that for one scene, you know? Yeah. Maybe that happens more in season two, which we're getting, but still sort of undefined with that character. But she works as the, the queen bee that needs replacing. Prudence. Prudence, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's Prudence all over again. Yeah. But done just as well. Like yeah. it's, it's a fun character, but not engaging just for the sake that I have seen that right. before. Maybe in season two, she'll get more. I mean, she does help Wednesday get the final shot on Crackstone. Yes. And we also get the, because the sheriff saw that his son is indeed the monster running around, Xavier gets released just in time to show up and launch an arrow at Crackstone. Yep. Who throws it back. And Wednesday takes it for him, takes the arrow for him. Kind of like, sorry, I got you arrested. But that's hardcore. She knew it wasn't going to be a fatal shot. She saw that form. It's like, you, you're shooting a bow and arrow at me? Then Eugene shows back up from the hospital with his bees. With his bees. And save her from the gun-wielding Christina Ricci. I hope he's a druid and he has animal it's, communication. Oh, that'd be cool. It's kind of funny to me because it was almost in a way, that scene where she's got the, I think it was like a luger. It, it was almost like have fun with it. I don't know how to do this kind of stuff, but it would be fun on the internet to be like, I'm the only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so funny. She's shooting at bees. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, ah, bees. Oh, bees. And I did like that turn of uh, Gwendolyn Christie being shape-shifted and getting oh, a confession out killed. of... But she did get killed, but yeah. the the beat before that yeah. where she's actually trying to be Tyler and they yeah. trick her. That was, that was so many twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, bordering on almost too many, but... Oh, really? Yeah, if, it had, if they had done this for like 10 episodes with the same sort of like whodunit button pushing, yeah. it probably would have got on my nerves, but this was yeah. just enough. Oh, cool. Because I was like three guesses in and then... Finally, I was like, by the last episode, I was like, just tell me who did it. Like, So you didn't know either? My guesses were all wrong. Oh, wow. I, me like, too. I was wrong because I thought it was Xavier rather than Tyler. Yeah, I did too. I, I was convinced it was Xavier, as soon, especially once we heard that it was somebody controlling the monster, because mm-hmm. that would explain Xavier still being a good guy, but he's being manipulated. Right. So I was down with that whole angle. And then they did a real smart job in that Christina Ricci is shown to be a suspect like episode four. And then we don't see her again till like the end of, or like the middle of eight. Mm-hmm. They make her go away. So that was real good. And especially like every time we see her, she's like, here's this murderous plant. Here's how you can kill people. Yeah. Aren't plants wonderful? And you're like, oh, she sounds nice. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, no. Well, they were telling us the whole time. We're done. Right. I know. No, I thought it was Ricky. I thought it was Xavier. I thought it was Tyler. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was I, Gwendolyn Christie at one ma- point. The mayor? Mayor? Yeah. They did a real good job of putting it on different people. Right. Caught me by surprise. Yeah, I thought like there there was a mayor and his son thing going on there too. Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the mayor's kid and the mayor was like covering it up because his kid was one of the weird ones and he was against. Yeah. You mean the, Lucas from Stranger Things? Actually, uh, no, it's, his name's actually Lucas, but he's Lucas from Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there anything else you want to talk about this show? Oh, just please give me second season of all just yeah. thing shenanigans. That I love the, all that, those beats with the thing. We're getting one. They announced it in January. There will be a second season. I'm ready for it. Of Wednesday. I just say more more, more Tim Burton directed episodes. Those yeah, were yeah. the funnest of them. But the foundation is great. They got a fun world to play in. Yeah. I like all the, the choices that they're making. And Tyler's still alive. And so is Uncle Fester. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was great. I'm, I'm not the biggest Fred Armisen fan, and I was delightfully surprised by his turn in this. Oh, really? That's true. Oh, I thought you would have been a Fred Armisen fan. He, he's a little much for me. Oh, really? Yeah. And not in a poo-poo way. It's more of a taste thing. Like, yeah. I respect what he does. Is it a little too on all the time for a little you? Bit. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of on in this, but it's so much more fester than... like I was worried I was just going to see Fred. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Fred Armisen. I get it. But the laugh that he does is yeah. old Uncle Fester yeah. to a T. Yeah. And the excitement, and it's so subtle. Wonderful. Yeah. It's great. All right. So I hear a knock at the door, and I think I think our pizza's here. Ding dong. And of course, that means it's the end of the episode. <laughs> but before we can end the episode, we have to rate the pizzas. We'll see how many slices of pizza are here. Yes. We do our pizza ratings. For those of you who don't know, every time we do an assumption or reassumption, we do a pizza rating. Out of eight slices of pizza, we'll rate the show. Eight being the best, one being the worst. Add toppings, make it better, goose it. Um, so, Mikey. Yes. How do you rate the Netflix show Wednesday? Uh, Netflix show Wednesday rating will be... Let's see what I like about it. I love the cast. I love the thing just in effect and production and writing that they did for that. Such a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little character. Um, the world building is great. The lore is great. My biggest nitpicks are that it's a little beat for beat with Sabrina. Right. I like it, but because I've seen it before, even though it's still, they made it Wednesday fresh, It's it takes away a little bit from me just because it's like, oh, I kind of know what's coming. Yeah. Throughout this, we kept saying Sabrina accidentally. Yeah. Mikey will put it at the end of the show so you can hear it. <laughs> so that detracts from it a little bit. But like I said, I missed Tim Burton. I missed this style of show. And we did get it with Sabrina. But outside of those two examples, there aren't too many things that are like this. Right. So I want more of this. I'm glad we're getting a season two, but I want more of this type of show making just in general. Um, so I give it seven slices with bats and spiders and cobwebs <laughs> and maybe some blood sauce on there. A couple of toppings. Creepy toppings, though. <laughs> That's great. For me, I see what you're saying. I like this. I did enjoy the show greatly. It was kind of Tim Burton does Sabrina in a lot of ways. Sabrina, we talked about a lot. The first season of Sabrina I thought was terrific. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's like a lot. this has a lot of the same stuff. I mm-hmm. could almost give it the same rating. I don't remember what I rated Sabrina. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Um, but see, I'm not sure that I liked it as much. In some ways, because it's kind of interesting. I'm almost like pulling a uh, a hipster kid thing here in I a like lot it. of ways. Yeah. Because Sabrina was always known as kind of like the goofy blonde cartoon witch. Yes. You know, and then someone did the Chilling Adventures as a comic book. Yes. And then they did a show based on that. Mm-hmm. And it was still kind of counterculture. That show was popular, but it wasn't as popular as this is right now. Oh, not at all. Yeah. And then uh, Wednesday as a character, too, is... Jenna Ortega kills it. She's redefining what Wednesday is. But Wednesday has kind of a... She's a certain way. Yes. But that Sabrina, Kieran Shipka, was able to do that new. She Uh, created something. Absolutely. Out of whole cloth in a lot of ways. Yes. Sure, it's in the comic book, but that's different. Yeah. So no shit on Jenna Ortega. Great job. Absolutely. But to me, Chilling Adventure Sabrina was a little more original. I get you. And that's kind of... You said it a little bit too. Yeah, Wednesday has um, to fit into a little bit more of a lane. Right. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. The cast was great. But as such, I think that I could either do 
Seven plain or six <laughs> supreme. Okay. That's like a difference between like a minus and a plus. <laughs> I think I I liked it a lot. I've told people to watch it, but yeah, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and say I'm gonna give it seven plain. Yes. And then let me see if the second season puts some more toppings on there. Is it good enough that you might go through season one again right before season two comes out? Yeah, probably. Okay. I think I would. That's a, that's a sign of quality to me. Right. For other shows, you're like, yeah, I kind of remember it. Let me just jump back in. Right. But for shows that are a little bit I higher quality, you're like, I got to go back and at least watch the last two or I mean, three. Now, given that, like, it might be a plain pizza, but it might be a plain New York pizza. <laughs> You yes. know how good a plain New York pizza is? I'll take that all day long. Right. It's, a mar- it's a, how you tell uh, how good a pizza place is. And a big old slice folded in half. Come on. <laughs> so this is why this is why Rotten Tomatoes would never be able to figure out our pizza rating. Did he like it or not? Yes. Yeah. And no. <laughs> but yes. Oh, man. Uh, one last. This is my nerd rant that I was yeah. saving. Oh, and yes. This is, I'll save this as a PSA. It, this doesn't really factor into the slice. This is just Mikey being pedantic. Yeah. Uh, Goody is not a name. Uh, You're right. Wednesdays. You're right. Wednesday's ancestor was not called Goody. She probably was out in public, right. but her name was not Goody. You're right. And the show did that like four times. You're right. And it, Goody is a Mrs. It's a Miss. You're right. It's shortened for Good Wife. Yes. So she was Good Wife Adams. You are correct. We don't know her first name. And they call her Goody as her first name of the show. And that is wrong, I tell you. <laughs> Pushing my glasses up, shaking my fist. End of PSA. There you go. <laughs> and I guess uh, eventually the the Adams is married a Latin person somewhere in there. Because that's <laughs> not a Latin last name. Oh, no. Yeah. Gomez had to come from somewhere. His, his mom must have been Puerto Rican <laughs> or something. Ooh, that makes me want to go look into Latin American witch culture. Uh, ooh, there you go. I don't know if you want to do that. Give me a rabbit hole to go down. Uh, anyway, you know what we think. We want to know what you think. Oh, snaps. You can let us know on all our social medias at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I challenge Mikey to say... How would you like them to format the Gmail that they send to us? <laughs> I was going to say a sign language because of thing, but <laughs> I'll make it a little bit easier on you because I don't know how you type out sign language. So type it out one-handed in honor of thing. <laughs> Use one hand. He can do it. That's his whole body and he gets stuff done. <laughs> one hand, send me an angry comment. A happy comment. Send me anything. Send a Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, we also uh, want to let you know, if you want to support our mission to put positivity into the nerd sphere, into the fandom, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com. Yes. Slash Assuming Pod. Caffeine. Um, yeah. Buy us a coffee. We will use your coffee money for the power of good. Yes. You will power this podcast. With caffeine. And Mikey Vibrations. <laughs> We want to thank you guys so much for listening. You're the best positrons that could ever be. Uh, we also want to thank Not Scott Productions for Equipment, that guy Brad for doing our announcing, Jazzar for our music, and we hope you guys have a spooky week. Was it kind of weird that this came out way after Halloween? I think it kind of was. It came out in November. Still winter time. Yeah. It's a wintry show. Wintry show. No Christmas Ooh. special, though. Maybe that's yeah. next season. Oh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully your Wednesday is not full of woe. Yes. Or your Thursday or any of your days. 
All, yeah, all, all, woe was in all of the. In all the titles. All the yeah. titles. That uh, was cute. I love a good title pun. Yeah. And Edgar Allan Poe is hot right now. <laughs> again. He's so hot right now. He's hot again. Poe. He's hot again. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Have a good week. Bye. Having that beat happen sets it up for the audience to be okay with Sabrina. <laughs> I did it, so. Maybe in season two she'll get more. I mean, she does help Sabrina. <laughs> and Sabrina. <laughs> it's stuck now. It has to be uh, that way.